Good morning. We are back with another sermon summary. I've tried saying uh, Monday after sermon summary or weekly sermon summary. I don't know, but uh, just the sermon summary. Um, What we try to look at our text from this past Lord's Day and uh, try to summarize it, armchair quarterback it just a little bit, maybe tweak it a little bit, say things I wish I would have said insert things that I didn't say or wish I would have said better and um, so this is this is what our typical podcast is going to be Um, but I wanted to come on uh, quickly this morning I am going to try and start putting out more podcasts obviously it doesn't work to have a podcast if you only put one out uh, once a month at least not a short one but I hope to get several out this week. I'm going to try and do them a little bit shorter. I have found that the editing process is what slows everything down. I want to do one maybe tomorrow that is a an about me, a why I'm doing this. I've been meaning to get to that, so I'm trying to work that in this week. Also, uh, working in a couple of other thoughts. Um, With all that being said, uh, yesterday we were in Galatians chapter number three, still in Galatians chapter number three, and we are looking at the uh, text where Paul makes the exegetical statement. He is showing us what exegesis looks like, looking at the text, drawing from the Old Testament text, that when God made this promise of redemption and the Abrahamic covenant, uh, the seed that was truly promised was not going to be Abraham's seed, his progeny that went out from him. It was going to be Christ himself. That was the true ultimate fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant, of the seed that would come. And through his seed, all the world would be blessed. Paul teaches us that that seed was Christ. And um, as Paul is teaching that, as he is saying that, hey, this, this one true seed is going to be Christ this revelation that he makes to Abraham wasn't anything new. I'm of the firm persuasion that the Old Testament saints, I I think that there's enough clear biblical evidence to know the Old Testament saints knew exactly what they were putting their, their hope and their trust in. They knew that it was Christ. They weren't looking to the sacrifices themselves. They were, they understood that just as Moses received the law and the pattern for the tabernacle on the mount, Uh, He understood that these things were a pattern, and I do believe from Adam and Eve all the way down through uh, the true believers of Israel, the true Israel, they were looking to Christ. And so that is, as Paul is bringing this out in Galatians chapter number 3, we do see that this was just building upon this seed that would come through Abraham. Abraham was the man and and the means, the, the nation of Israel was the means by which God would bring about the Savior of the world. And this is just further explaining the promise of a seed that we find in Genesis 3. After Adam and Eve fell, God is pronouncing the curses upon Adam, upon Eve, and upon the serpent. But in Genesis 3.15, we do find that proto-evangelion, right? That first mention of the gospel. That, yes, there is enmity between the seed of the devil and the seed of the woman. And that seed of the woman will one day crush the head of the serpent. We are promised, even from the very beginning, 
that there is going to come a Savior, one who will redeem the world unto himself, who will crush the head of the serpent, who will destroy evil and restore mankind back to a right relationship with God. But that's not even where it starts. Many would look at that and say, yeah, the plan of redemption came after the fall of man and that at the fall God knew that Man would then need a savior. He was as though God was waiting on pins and needles to see what Adam did. And that's just, to me, that's just absolutely ludicrous. That is, I would would put that almost on the verge of blasphemy against God to think that God is waiting to see what man does. I mean, really, who, who do you think God is that he is waiting to see, to see if his plans are going to work out? Well, that's that's crazy. No, Scripture is abundantly clear that this plan of redemption started long before God ever said, let there be light. God didn't create because he needed us. God did not create because he was bored and he wanted to see what happened. God did not create because he had an ego problem and he needed someone to give him honor and glory. No, he is uh, self-sufficient. He is without need of anyone or anything else to make him whole and complete. No, God, the, the Trinity existing before the foundation of the world through all eternity past. The Father loved the Son. This is basically, and to put it as simply as I can, as simply as I understand it, this covenant of redemption that started before the foundation of the world was basically that the Father determined to present His Son with a bride. That bride would be comprised of redeemed humanity. That bride would worship and would adore and would dwell in perfect love and harmony with the Son for all eternity. The Son now in unity and in perfect unity of mind and will with the Father and out of His love for the Father agrees to this plan of redemption to go and to redeem His bride through His substitutionary atonement. The Spirit also in perfect unity of mind and will with the Father and the Son agrees that throughout history will go and apply this salvation, apply this redemption to the elect of God whose names were written in the book of life before the foundation of the world. He will go throughout history in time and he will save them. He will bring them to life in Christ. He will show them the great love that the Father and the Son had for them. He will apply this redemption and uh, he will lead them. He will purify this bride. He will make her pure and perfect in the eyes of the Father. And this is the covenant of redemption. It was set in stone long before the foundation of the world. Christ was not a plan B. The covenant of redemption was not God trying to scramble together a plan after his first plan failed. Now that, that's a horrible view. Paul said that this law cannot annul the covenant Uh, that God made with Abraham some 430 years before. And so as we think about that, and we think about this covenant of redemption, what does that mean for us? Okay, fine. God made these promises to Abraham. Fantastic. Wonderful. Okay. But what does that mean for us? What does it mean that God promised before the foundation of the world, that he wrote names in this book of life? What does that mean for us? It means that our salvation is not dependent 
upon our obedience to the law. It means that if we fall, right, just as Abraham was not saved by circumcision, his seed was not saved by circumcision, Abraham was not saved by obedience, but as we learned in the beginning of chapter number 3, he was justified by his faith in the promises of God. And that's what we find even now. We are not saved by our obedience. We are saved by God. We are saved by God. We are saved for God. Right? And in the sense of his wrath, we are saved from God. We are saved from his wrath. Our salvation is as sure and eternal as the promises of God. And since our God cannot lie, there is no shadow or variableness of turning, as the King James says. We know that this promise of salvation, this covenant of redemption, is sure. It is certain. And if I have put my faith and my trust in Christ, I know that he will complete the salvation that he has promised. But I have kids. And so this brings to mind, this helps me as a father to trust that even this salvation, it is good, as Peter would say in his sermon at the day of Pentecost, that this promises to you and to your children, and as many are as afar off as the Lord our God will call. And we understand that this same salvation, these promises are true for my children. And if they will repent and put their faith and their trust in Christ, he will save them as well. That leads to another podcast later this week, more than likely. But we know that these things are sure. I don't have to wonder, okay, this is what saved me, but I wonder if his grace is going to be sufficient to save my children or my grandchildren or my grandchildren's grandchildren. I wonder if his grace is going to be sufficient because it is. Our salvation does not rest in us, but in Christ and Christ alone. So if you have not turned to him today, turn to Christ. Trust in Christ alone. Cling to him. Repent of your sins. Put your faith trust in Christ and be saved today. Come to him, taste and see that the Lord is good. Receive his mercy and his grace. I pray today that the Lord would bless you. Can't wait to talk to you again.